Heart 1027 Business with Nzinga. So thanks for staying with us on Hot Business. A few days ago this week, actually, uh, one of our big retailers, Woolworths, came out and said they're expecting a 10% decrease um, when it comes to the amount of money they're making because consumers are constrained by the high cost of living. We also saw uh, say recently saying that there was a decline in retail sales of 0.9% um, from November 2023 to December. So let's speak to Andrea Ellens, the Senior Business Development Manager at Trade Intelligence. Andrea, thanks for your time on Hot Business this evening. Just talk to me about the retail environment um, in 2024 and towards the end of 2023 as well. Dear, in 2023, we saw a negative retail sales basically the whole year. And um, so we saw year on month on month compared to 2022 negative retail sales across the board. And it was primarily driven by FMCG. So when I say FMCG, I mean food, um, food products and, um, and actually general merchandising driving that negative growth in, um, in retail sales. And what's quite demoralizing is the last time we saw negative um, retail sales was back in 2009 when there was that global recession. Um, so, you know, when Woolworths saying they're expecting kind of negative sales, I think it's across the board. Um, we saw a slight increase in, in November where the negative sales weren't so bad as compared to October, but we suspect that people were saving up for Black Friday and, and doing and keeping kind of keeping their rands and cents for the, the big deals in November. But people, the consumers and shoppers are properly constrained at the moment um, and are really having to be quite savvy about how they shop and where they shop and what they shop for. You don't have to tell us that twice. Um, it's something that, that's affecting almost all of us. Uh, those listening, those driving home in their cars now, those listening just on DSTV, if people are still keeping their DSTV. Andrea, what factors affect uh, retail like this because it's not just a South African story, it's an international story, it's a supply chain story as well. Absolutely. So I think going into 2024, we, we sort of identified a couple kind of key macro factors that are going to affect everybody, including us in South Africa. The first sort of thing that we kind of identified is kind of the geopolitical havoc out there. And there are three things that go into that. So one is a year of kind of elections. So we've got not only elections here in South Africa that's causing some angst, but we've got elections in the US, but we've also got elections in the in Europe. We've got elections in the US, we've got elections in Russia, we've got elections in India. So so when we have elections, that makes everybody a little bit jittery. It makes market jittery. And I mean, the US elections, if Donald Trump comes into power, everybody gets jitters, you know, and they say, you know, if, if the US sneezes, everybody gets a cold. So we're quite nervous about that. The other thing is that we've got two big wars on. So we've got obviously the Ukraine, um, the Ukraine-Russia kind of squabble that just does not want to go away. The Israel-Hamas kind of um, kind of issue, and that has this knock-on impact onto the supply chain. So we've seen the supply chain disruption from from COVID. And it just keeps getting worse. So the Ukraine war impacted grain supplies. And now we're seeing the disruption again in the Red Seas with the Houthis kind of um, affecting or, you know, causing chaos in the Red Sea. And our big supply 
ships are having to to ship or, or come all the way around Africa because they're avoiding the Suez Canal. So all of those things impact, have like ramifications on supply chain that have ramifications on the price of goods that, that have to get to all the markets, including South Africa. So mm-hmm. inflation is not going to go away. And I think that's what's really bad news for us shoppers in South Africa. I want us to boo, but then I remember that I host a very serious, uh, most of the time, uh, business show, so I'm not going to, but it, it feels like that. So what are local retailers doing? And then also, I think, Andrea, even when there is legitimate cause for concern and legitimate things that impact and drive prices up, there are always going to be bad actors who take advantage of this uh, and say, oh, no, we have to raise our prices because of this, but you know, maybe do it more. Are we seeing that or do we see that in the South African space in particular? So I actually think, contrary to that, I actually think our retailers in South Africa have done a huge amount of money, to a huge amount of things to try and meet shoppers' needs because they are fully aware that shoppers are under pressure. So in the last, certainly last year and the year before, and we'll still see it this year, is that we have seen an increased number of promotions out there. So the promotions have been massive. They've been trying to offer shoppers as many good deals as possible. So you see, you walk into a pick and pay, a shop right, a Woolworths, you're always going to see these big deals, buy two, get one free, buy bulk, get a discount. The other thing they're doing is, you know, reward cards are big, are, are big. We know that, I don't know how many reward cards you own, but I certainly own a lot. And we know from the statistics that average consumer has eight to 10 reward cards. Mm. Um, and, if, and if you have a little chat with your group of friends, everybody has a favorite reward card. And I was listening to another radio station recently where it came up like, you know, somebody might be using their, their Standard Bank one, someone else might be using their Vitality one, but the end of the month comes and you're using those reward cards to get as, as good a deals as you can. So the retailers and are really are coming to the party to help shoppers um, mm. and they're using those to try and say come shop with me so I can get more of the share of wallet even if it's a shrinking share of wallet. And do we have a sense because of these moving geopolitical parts that we've spoken about with no end in sight uh, like the Russia-Ukraine war that you spoke about earlier on like the challenges that are being seen in the Middle East we don't know when they're going to end so on our side, when it comes to the retail space, do we think that's going to be a difficult space as consumers remain constrained, as the cost of living remains high? Yes, it is a difficult space, but some retailers are doing better than others. So for example, ShopRite and the ShopRite group, whether it be Checkers or ShopRite itself or You Save or the 6060, um, or whether it's unique clothing, they have done some really quite amazing things in that ShopRite um, group to meet shoppers in their different formats, in their different ways to meet their needs, and are gaining market share from the other retailers in their space. So I think there are things that retailers are doing. So the other big space that we've seen growth in is in private labels. So private label brands. So for example, when we have these shoppers that are becoming much more super savvy, as I as I'd like to put it. They're more value conscious. They're more pickle. They're shopping around mm-hmm. at three, four to five retailers. They are looking at the private brands now, and I mean 
often shoppers don't even realize that some brands, which are called sometimes confined confined brands, they're not labeled checkers brand. They're labeled feast and forage, for example. So a lot of shoppers don't uh-huh. realize that is actually a checkers brand. Um, that's checkers private label premium brand. They have the nicest non-alcoholic champagne to divert, but like the most I don't drink, and it's the most delicious drink. But uh, yeah. we we digress. Yeah. So so exactly. So what what a retailer like Shoprite is doing is that they are um, they are gaining market share in their private brands um, by launching the, the likes of Feast and Forage. Um, so you're seeing now 25 percent or 24.7 percent of a basket is made up of private brands or confined brands. Um, and you're seeing that market share of private brands growing as re- as the savvy shoppers realize, actually, the quality of private brands aren't what they used to be like 20 years ago, where it was that terrible, plain blue and white um, packaging that was horrible and the product inside was really quite inferior. Now, the, the private or no-name brands aren't inferior. They're, they're really quite good quality. And people have switched to them and are sticking with them. So that makes life for the branded ranges quite difficult. I mean, obviously, they're still fiercely loyal branded um, consumers, but the, the private label brands are making, are making headway. Andrew, thank you so much for your time tonight. She is the Senior Business Development Manager at Trade Intelligence, is speaking to us about the performance of the retail sector and things that are affecting it. I appreciate your time tonight. Great, thanks. All right, when we come back, we're going to be speaking to Wasim Buthe-Sitole, the CEO of FUFA, uh, about how to use community to invest in tips there. Do stay with us on Hot Business here on Hot 1027. Hot 1027 Business with Nzinga.